This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. I know you're expecting this last week, but Laughing Boy was on his holidays and I was mid-flight back from Las Vegas. He's rocked up to the studio today, let me tell you, like the bronze bomber himself. White hat, white t-shirt, white shorts, white socks, white shorts. I'll tell you something, it looks like he's going to go and play around with bloody Roger Federer at Wimbledon. Welcome to podcast episode 307, we are the Fight Disciples. This is dedicated to the world of boxing. Is it fuck? It's dedicated to Tyson Fury. This is it. The greatest heavyweight in the history of boxing. Now you're going a bit OTT, aren't you? <laughs> you're going a little bit OTT. We've been drinking the Kool-Aid, let me tell you. <laughs> I know it's a week late and you're probably all done with this, but we're going to get you revved up for it again. Oh, my days. How was your holidays? Tremendo. Yeah? Tremendo. Knee deep in the kiddie disco? Uh, no, it wasn't too bad actually. It was just neat. it was just the swim pool, just in the swim pool from morning till night, morning till night. You that were on it. you were on full bad dad mode, by the way, mate. Because I noticed that you were getting time to actually read. Who? No, what, what happened was no, 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 no. What adult who looks after children gets the opportunity to read I, whilst you're on now. holiday with the kids? I packed that book, yeah, because I was listening to Tris Dixon's life stories, and he was mm. talking to Don McRae, and he dropped it, and I was thinking, fuck. That is one of the best books I ever read. I ever read. I must have read it ten years ago. So I dug it out in my library, threw it in the case, and Jane went, "Are you taking the piss?" And I was like, "If I get five minutes, I'll read the chapter." No chance. And she was like, "You've got no chance." And it got to day eight of the holiday, and I literally hadn't turned the page, and the heavens spoke to me, and the baby got sick. <laughs> Which meant that we were on shift duty then in the apartments because she couldn't go in the sun. She she had a little bit of a bug. So ah. the baby was stuck on the beds watching Disney Channel and, you know, keeping it cool, uh, throwing up every half an hour. So me and the missus, one of us took the little fella out to the swimming pool. The other one had to stay in and uh, entertain themselves. Right. The so what you so did, pulled the book out. you chucked him in the swimming pool, said, go on, go sort yourself out and I'll read this. <laughs> yeah. That's basically so what she, you did. She was down at the pool with him. I was in the, in the apartment with the little one. Ah. And uh, put her in front of the Disney Channel. There oh, you go. Class. Bit of, bit of, bit of Vampirina Marathon. There you Crack go. on, Gail. There you go. And I pulled my book out, yeah, and I thought, here we go. Mm. Let's go back in. Mm. So, um, You were also on holiday with uh, your dad, weren't you? Yes. He rocked up. Full kit. Yeah. <laughs> he went full kit wanker, didn't he? <laughs> Let me nice, tell you. Nice one, Tony Pete. <laughs> Like, I advise this to anyone who's got kids under the age of four, especially when you've got two of them, and you're going on holiday. We did it last year, and we did it again this year. Invite the grandparents along. Just get them to come over for a week, join you. It just gives you five minutes to be able to catch your breath and stop your fingers from being all wrinkly from being in the pool so much. So <clears throat> the uh, my mum and dad flew out this year, a couple of days into the holiday. I said, hey, meet us at our pool. Come down to our pool. So I'm sitting there and Jane's like, Mum, Daddy, yeah. I said, no, they should have been here five minutes ago. I'll keep an eye out for them. And then just across the pool, across the sun lounges, what did I see? 
the FD logo, the big on his disciples logo on his back. He's wandering round. There he is. There, look, full on kit. brand, full kit, on brand. TP, love it. Well done. Black well, t-shirt in the blazing I w- sun. I was going to say black t-shirt in the blazing sun. He must be sweating his bollocks off. <laughs> but fair play, on brand. Mm. Uh, just regarding that, regarding t-shirts, I went to the Your Call on Friday night. Mm. I've got a few tales from that, by the way. Uh, but one of them, this is probably the best one. So I'm minding my own business, watching a few of the fights. Uh, and uh, I was making a radio show whilst I was there, and the producer of the radio show tapped me on my shoulder and he went, I can't fucking believe it. He better been head-to-toe in swag, that cheeky bastard. Yeah, he's got all the gear, but he, did, he wasn't wearing it. He's giving what? It, he's giving it all his missus. His missus is running around in the fucking Mohawker socks. I'd tell you something, Matt, I know you're listening to the show right now, Sunshine. This is what he does. He takes all our gear and he palms it, it off. Yeah, keeps his bird happy. That's what he does. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, anyway, he taps me on the shoulder and he says to me, I can't fucking believe it. Look over there. Right? I, t- I text a full... 45 degree look to my left hand side and all I can see is the big FD logo on someone's Nice. Right? right? And I'm thinking to myself, amazing. I, I'm all the way in this there London <laughs> and there's a lad wearing the old uh, uh, FD merchandise. This is the best bit about it, right? The who's who of the London boxing scene mm-hmm. were in the York Hall. We're all enjoying ourselves. We'll get on with each other. Listen, there's no animosity between anybody. We're all having a bit, a bit, a bit of a crack with each other. This lad in the T-shirt is pausing with Spencer... And Jake from the Pound for Pound podcast. <laughs> and whilst he's having his picture taken with the pretenders, lads, yeah, he is pointing at the FD badge. <laughs> so, what a legend. Spencer's like going, fucking stop pointing at that, right? <laughs> because I've been having a crack with Spencer about the half an hour McCoy. previous. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like, yeah. these are the real lads. These are the real lads. <laughs> I love it. I'm, cl- I'm laughing my bollocks off because he's <clears> out in the distance. He hasn't spotted me yet, this kid. Then Gareth's over there, who obviously does a, a, a few podcasts with the likes of Adam Chalmers in the MMA world. Yeah. He's getting hold of Gareth going, these are the real lads. <laughs> so I'm pissing I off. fucking love it. This is the best bit though, right? So he's, he's stood over. I hope uh, he got his name. Well, check this. He stood over to my left-hand side, this lad. Yeah. He's had the picture taken with every man and his dog promoting Fight Disciples. I'm thinking, what a fucking Oh, fucking please it. tell me he walked past you or right. something. He walked straight in front of me and I'm thinking, here we go. He's come to see the king. <laughs> I'm, You're checking your hair mate, and shit. I'm going in for handshake. I'm about to stand up, give him a big cuddle. He walked fucking straight past me. Steams on past. Luckily, security stopped him because he couldn't get round that side brilliant. of the ring. What did he say to security guard? I'm looking for Nick Pete. <laughs> I'm looking for the talent. He, he couldn't get round that side of the ring, so the security guard sent him back round to go back the other side, right? And as he's walked back, I've just yelled, Oi! <laughs> And he's looked, he's, t- he's done a double take, and then he, all of a sudden he's just jumped on me and gone, hey! I said, I've just seen you fucking mugging them off over there, good lad. Ryan, I think his name were. Ryan. Class, um, he was sat on the other side of the ring. Uh, Sorry at, I wasn't there, the Ryan. Hall. He was obviously looking for me. Apologies. Well, well check this out, right? They, I've got a few tales. One from Vegas, actually, regarding that. I listened to the podcast, I'm literally on a sun lounger when you were like, Fucking Nick Pete's listening yeah. to this on a sun lounger. Well, that geezer, Michael, who, that was hilarious. who did a bit of the show with me last week, mm-hmm. Um, in the media room at the MGM, he introduced himself as Michael from uh, his podcast, and he goes, uh, "Where's the talent?" <laughs> so he's taking the piss out of me. What? He goes, "How are you going to upload it if, he, if he's not here? What are you uploading?" Brilliant. So anyway, he Fucking mugged me tremendous. off. There was another lad that I saw at the Wilder Fury fight at uh, in Los Angeles that was at the MGM as well last week, just randomly at the bar. Mm-hmm. He's got the old Fight Disciples gear on as well. Good lad. On his honeymoon. Brilliant. So the lab was supposed to go home on the Friday, blagged his missus to stay on an extra couple of days because Fury were in town, so he stayed on. Superb. So I met him, had a little bit of a chinwag with him. Legend. But then this is the best bit, right? 
So there's a lad sat in the media bit. I saw him a couple of times, like, and, like, nodded. I've never met him before. This is at Bethnal Green on Friday night. Show's finished. I've cleared off, right? Everybody's left me, so I thought, oh, fuck it, I'll just go back to the hotel. So I'm at the Bethnal Green tube stop, right? I'm on, I'm having a bit of a nose in my phone, waiting for the train to come. This lad just comes up alongside me, says, all right, mate, how are you? Yeah, sound. Introduces himself, right? He's called Danny. He does the Slip and Roll podcast. I'm giving it a bit of a plug. I don't know whether it's a podcast or a blog, but he's doing everything. Go and check his website out, right, this lad. Starts talking to me about fight disciples. I'm thinking, fucking sound this. What a top lad this is. Chatting away about the show, various bits and bats, asking for advice of how he gets into uh, how he gets into the game. And he goes, uh, "Where's the main man?" <laughs> I said, "What is it?" I said, "He is he has pushed this narrative on the show that all I do is fucking press up Lord. That's all, and people are believing it. You do." So anyway, me and this lad went out for uh, a few scoops. I thought, fuck it, I'm not going back. Let's get stuck in. So uh, we uh, we had a few scoops around uh, class. So we're, so around Whitechapel wait, wait, area. Wait a minute, is this is this a soft introduction to Danny coming in the studio? Yeah, and it me, is. Me getting through out. Yeah, no, he's taking over my job. Yeah. That's what it is. So there you go. Met a few fight disciples whilst uh, we've been out and about. Brilliant. I was wearing me more hooker socks, by the way, on the, on the, on Friday night, which went down a treat. I passed a few on to more whilst I were I was out just in Las Vegas. Say, did, did you get? Did you see Mo's agent? Did he get? A, did you give him a couple? Went of to bits? go see Mo's manager. Sorted it out. Passed them on to him. She's not seen him for a couple of weeks. He's definitely going to train in them. Fingers crossed, he's going to fight them. Fucking hell! If Mo defends his world title in a pair of our socks, that is it. Mm. That is it, my friends. That's it. Well, with our <laughs> record, mate, having a picture taken with everybody, he's probably going to get sparked out in them. That's oh, what no, fucking the Drake boys. Yeah, that's what we are. Um, just on the on the York Hall. <clears throat> if you've never been to the York Hall, you have to go. It is the greatest venue in the entire world for boxing. I've got a good story about York Hall. Go ahead. I presented a show at York Hall. 15 years ago, yeah. boxing show. Yeah. Boxing What do you mean, presented it? As like, in... It was on Channel 5. I was the presenter. <laughs> is this on telly? Is this yeah. on YouTube anyway? I don't fucking don't know. Mate. We'll have to find it. Is this pre-beard? So what happened was, this is, is pre-beard. Oh, you've got to go and find it. So, have, have I talked about Boxing Academy before? Like 15 years ago, whatever it was, 10, 10 yeah, about 15 years ago, a TV company came to Liverpool, said, we're making this TV show. It's called Boxing Academy. It's a reality TV show. Boxers are going to live in a house in Liverpool and the boxers from the north and they're all 10 fight amateur novices. You can't have more than 10 fights. We're going to do the same thing in the south. We're going to film them living together, training together, prepping together, get to know the personalities. Is this like that thing that Smig did in America? A bit like The Contender. Yeah, yeah. But like this is an amateur boxing version of it. All right. So... They come up and they said, listen, we, we want like a, a local journalist, blah, blah, blah. We've got our coach. Fucking Muggins. Here he is. Got our, got our coach and all that sorted. Steve Collins is going to be like the guest, you know, head yeah, yeah, of yeah. the team. He's going to be still on. And we, yeah, exactly. And we just need like a fucking local journalist, whatever it That's might it. be. So obviously, they met me. Within seconds, I've got the job. <laughs> obviously. So down in London, they're doing the same thing. They cast a little thing down in London. Yeah. Uh, I think Barry McGuigan was the was like the you know the, the figurehead down there. Anyway, but we're, we're coaching these two teams, doing the whole thing for shooting for like eight weeks, ten weeks, whatever it was. Gets them ready. This is on TV every week. Everyone's loving it. And on it Channel running, Five. It was on Channel Five. Is this before the, same the porn? Time. This before, before the porn. The pairs, yeah. <laughs> it was running the same time as uh, as fucking. You know, we were filming and it was running so, kind of like Love Island. It was on a couple of days Love later. <laughs> Nick so, Pete is the original Love Island. So fast forward to uh, the live show. 
So Ad- the final was live. Yeah. And it was a guy from Liverpool called Adam Ismail who went on to win it, mm. uh, who actually turned pro briefly, and there was a lad down in London. Anyway, there was fucking murder backstage. The lad in London had actually had 12 fights. Fucking, it was, anyway, ah. oh, it, was, it was crazy, crazy. But on the night, they brought in this former, uh, what was the reality TV show on Channel 4? with oh, Big Brother, former Big Brother contestant who won it. They cast her to present the show on Channel 5. What? So she turns up, I can't remember her name, so I may as well say, coked up to the eyeballs. I mean, she was Tony Montana two bits, my friend. It weren't my mate, would it? It weren't Kate. Might have been. (laughs) (laughs) Wait till I speak to her about this. Anyway, so she turns up absolutely fucking down the bed. (laughs) Chewing the kid, jaw going everywhere. She's, also, she's a lot straighter now. That's, that's, that's all I'll say. She's matured. Jaw swinging away, eyes in both directions. <laughs> oh, this shit. Now, I'm there, obviously. <laughs> Maybe we should have had this conversation before you started talking about it. I'm there, obviously, because I've been part of the North team as at all the film, and I was there going, oh, yeah. he looks really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was turning up and doing bits and bobs with them. Not the coaching, but I'm doing more like a, you know, fucking bits and bobs. Anyway, on the night, Channel 5 come to me and said, listen, can we have a word? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And they said, you know, let's be honest, you've been phenomenal on the show. And I was like, they never said that. Granted. <laughs> so they said, they basically said, mate, nobody, can, fucked- nobody can understand what you're fucking saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. So they basically said, listen, we need some candy. She's, well, no, that was the problem. She'd had all the candy. <laughs> there was no candy left. So he basically said to me, you're going to have to pull us out the shit here and present the final, live on Channel 5. Yeah. You're going to have to be the fucking main man. You're the guy. So that, I just went, hey. Give me the glitter jacket. I'm ready to my go, office. boys. Let's do it. How much for cash? <laughs> yeah, true. I didn't take cash. I took the rest of the candy. <laughs> 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 no, that's not my style. So obviously I presented it, smashed it, you know, as you do. <laughs> I, I love how so that was modest my, you are. That was my expert. That was, I, I've been to your call before to cover fights, don't get me wrong, but that was my pinnacle moment at your call presenting a show yeah. live on channel five terrestrial tv uh, and i'm still in touch with a couple of that brian Crichton, the mma fighter he was yeah, on the yeah, northern yeah. team um joey monroe if anyone remembers he was on he actually left liverpool went to america became a a, a, a guitar player in a rock and roll band <laughs> believe it or not and he was like the guy he was like the mike tyson style everybody loved him but it was adam ismail that morning there you go yeah, boxing academy i'm sure it must be on youtube or something Get it on it. somebody is tweeting me that link <laughs> 100% they are. So your call? Yeah, you're right. It's You haven't been to a boxing show till you've been to your call. I Fucking bet, amazing. I bet That's you've got some proper dodgy threads on, haven't you? Some absolute rascal I remember. Clobber. I reckon you've got a suit the size of Pricey's suit. It's no, I didn't. massive. I had, a sh- I had like a paisley shirt on, I think. I bought a shirt off Savile Row. Nice. For the show, especially. I'm glad I did now, because obviously I was front row centre. <laughs> Vaseline on the teeth, the fullet. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening and welcome to your call. <laughs> I'm your host. He's gone full Jim Bowen. <laughs> oh, sorry, son. Look what you could have won. <laughs> Meanwhile, poor kid from Big Brothers in the corner, fucking, you know. Cowering. Yeah. Um, the point of that conversation was, if you've never been, you need to go. Because it's an amazing, amazing venue. Yeah, yeah, it is. Good. Tremendous venue. Used to be, a, used to be a, uh, a swim pool, you know. Yeah, I know. Underneath there is a swim pool. So I know. Just, you know, bit of... 
bit of context. Well, uh, well, the point of this is that over the last couple of weeks, we've spoke about Madison Square Garden, we've spoke about the MGM Grand, we've spoke about all these great venues that we've been to go and watch fight sports. But yeah. to me still, the Your Call is still my favourite just because it's like a bear pit. It's a cauldron, especially with that balcony. Oh, yeah. There's not a bad seat in the house. It doesn't matter where you are. Nope. You get to see everything. And I'm sure anybody that was with us on Friday night feels the exact same way. It's an absolute tremendous place. Yeah, man. I've seen the ABA finals there, or might have been one of the regional heats. And I've never known an atmosphere like an amateur show. Because yeah. the, good, the good thing about amateur boxing is certainly the ABA finals is when you go, all the teammates of the kids who were in the they're finals, in there, yeah. and they're all kids, so they're all hanging off the balcony and everything. Brilliant venue. Mm. Top stuff. Um, did you have you caught up with any of the fights from there the weekend? Yeah, I watched the I watched all of your call. Well, it's got top top of the bill then. Connor Ben, right? Comes out. I'm thinking to myself, Eddie, who've you matched him with? This kid's a light heavyweight. The fucking yeah. guy is massive. And he's set off, and I'm thinking, this is going to be horrible. This is going to end in serious pain for Connor because the kid come out, he jabbed his bloody head off. Like, well, first punch, he just ran straight out of the bell and smashed him, didn't he? I'm thinking, oh god, this is going to be horrible. Yep. But I tell you something. The way he managed to turn that round in the second round, he's got half a chance, this kid. I don't think he's ever going to go on to hit world level, right, no. Conor Ben? But it's going to be fucking exciting. Whatever he does, it's going to be exciting because he's got a bit of dynamite in his fist. As you saw in that second round, when he landed on the top of that kid's temple, he weren't coming back from anywhere, would he? I mean, it could have been stopped after the second one, to be fair, couldn't it? Crazy stuff. I just Listen, we were talking about Conor Ben in this regard after the Cedric Penno double fight, remember? Yeah, when he got well entertaining. We were like, the guy's fucking awesome. And at the time, I was like, oh, I hate the way Matchroom are pu- pushing him from row centre because he's never going to become a world champion. He just hasn't got the pedigree. Yeah. Even though he's got the fucking minerals, don't get me wrong, he's a chip off the old block, but he hasn't got the amateur pedigree um, to, to become a world champion. But that said, he's highlight reel. Every time he fights, he's highlight reel. Mm. That's why he's the main event. That's why they're pushing him to the top of the bill. Mm. And you're right, he probably won't go past domestic level, but you know what? Who gives a fuck? He's super entertaining. I hope he makes an absolute fortune. I, I, listen, every time he's fighting, I love watching him. Yeah. You've got to tune in. And to I like the way he talks as well. We yeah. had a chat afterwards. And he, he knows as well. He's straight. He yeah. just goes, listen, I'm still learning. I'm still doing this. I'm here for the. I'm here for fun. And fair play, man. He's providing a lot of fun. And nobody went away from the York Hall at the weekend disappointed because it was absolutely crash bang wallop. Um, what did you make of the Cheeseman fight? I put him down to being quite lucky because Keenan Conway took that fight on three weeks' notice, you know. Yeah, I know. And he was absolute mustard. And Three know, weeks? He was mustard, mate. Do you know how he lost the fight? Because he didn't have 12 rounds in the tank. Yeah. Because he, of, he only had three weeks' notice. Lost it at the end, didn't he? He just, he just ran out of gas down the street. You know, I thought Cheeseman won because Conway just didn't have no nothing left in the tank for the for the last four rounds. And I just think if Conway... It, there's got to be a straight rematch because yeah, Conway deserves another shot at the British title. It's coming at three weeks' notice to perform the way he did. I thought he was excellent. And you know what? From, for me, Cheeseman is still the same Cheeseman. He hasn't yeah. improved. He hasn't got better. He's still the guy that lost the European title fight that was too soon for him. Yeah. He's still someone that wants to la- take one to land one. And I think if Conway had had a full camp, I think he wins that fight. I think he'd have won it. And I think if they do rematch it, I think uh, the safe money would be on Conway. Yeah. Much better boxer. Longer, yes. brilliant use of his jab. It was just the fact he didn't have it in the tank. There's a, there's a kid, by the way, that works with... Uh, Conway in his uh, corner he's a fight example he's called Alex he listens to the show on a regular basis and he was messaging me literally seconds after the fight I didn't know that he was in the corner right he was messaging me seconds after the fight what did you think of that so I messaged him back I said uh, are you here he goes yeah I'm here 
He goes, why don't you come over? He goes, well, I, wa- I was in the corner. I couldn't come over like during the fight. So he was literally, he, he obviously spotted us in yeah, the yeah. crowd light. And he's thinking, I wonder what they're, th- I wonder what they're going to be saying on the show this week. <laughs> mate, your mate was absolutely bang he on. He was brilliant. He was top class. Uh, Richards and Sterling was interesting. Because I watched it with Boatsy. So Boatsy was sat next to me watching that fight. And okay. obviously, Boatsy, for me, takes them to school all day long. Yeah. The pair of them. On the same night. On, yeah, probably with one hand. He's he, that's how highly we rate Boatsy in there. Um, but Andre Sterling actually surprised me a little bit because he made it. Even though Richards won the fight and he won it quite comfortably in the end on the judges' scorecards. Yeah, Andre Sterling gave him a bit of a do early doors, and I'm thinking if he was bigger mm. and he could whack because. With all due respect, at light heavyweight, you need some type of equaliser, don't you? And he just didn't have it. He caught Richards clean loads, but he just didn't have enough pop to put him over, which was a shame, really, because I thought he was really good early in the fight. Yeah, he was, yeah. And The, the problem is, when you're fighting a guy that's 6-1 and you're, what, 5-9 or whatever yeah. he was, it's hard, man, because there was just so much... All the physical attributes with Richards, with Spider Richards. Um, but if he could hit, he'd, he'd have had him oh, in yeah. trouble early. He would have done, yeah. But he, th- that's the problem, you see. If you're going to be small for your weight division, man, you better pack a punch like Tyson. Yeah. You better be able to roll inside and let them bombs go. And unfortunately, Sterling just doesn't seem to have that kind of power. Mm. So I, I, I would envisage a move down to super middleweight would be better for him. Because you never know, the, ca- the weight might carry down with him. You know, Because the, he looked, as you say, he looked strong early on. He looked good. But I think after the knockdown in the sixth, that was when the fight really turned over. Yeah. It was all spider after that. But, mm. you know, it's a poison chalice, in it? You win this fight, you get to fight Buatzi. I'd rather fucking take a dive. <laughs> <laughs> they are now, uh, Richards is now mandatory. That was Eliminator, wasn't it? That yeah. was Eliminator for the British title, wasn't it? So For Monsieur Buatzi. He's a fucking smooth bastard, him, you know. Is he? He's, just too, he's just too cool, man. Is he that handsome in real life yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, just everything about him is ass. He looks good, smells good, fights good. What? You know what I mean? He better have a small dick. He better have, because it's not fair. <laughs> Here we go. He better have. have. There's got to be an equaliser somewhere, aren't there? I've got to beat him in some department. <laughs> Hopefully, his beard's a minger. Yeah, uh, I don't. Listen, I think he's got several, mate. <laughs> I don't think he's tying himself down to anything one in particular. Good lad. Your boy got back on track. At your yeah, call. He did. Reese. He weren't fighting much, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he was the curtain raiser. He got the job done with a fantastic body shot. I was a little bit... Do you know them things, that, that cupping thing that they do for getting yeah, rid yeah. of detox? Do you do it at your at your gap? No, no. Jazz, I've seen Jazza Dickens had it done the other week. I think Derry gets someone down the gym to do it there in Liverpool. But I've seen, I've seen fighters with those big red welts all over the yeah. body where they've clearly had it done. Reese had a fucking dot to dot on his bike. There were that many of them. I'm thinking, what, is there something up there? Is he... Because it looked like he'd only just been done as well because then bruises on his back were quite fresh. Yeah. It's weird that they're all... It's, it's like trends, isn't it? You know, it goes around and say, listen, yeah. if it works for Reese, at the end of the day, he won by fourth-round knockout. So, you know, fucking do it again next time. Mm. Uh, I saw that you were tweeting about Charlo as well this morning before we are on our way to uh, yes, the studio. Man. Did you catch it this morning? Yeah, First I, did, thing. I did watch it, right? But that's the last minute of re- replacement. I'm not going to get an odd on over, over him sparking that kid out. End of the day. Why, did you? Yeah, I did, yeah. Invited there, put the kids to sleep. It's a yeah. great shot. Yeah, but it's a last-minute replacement against the lad that it's is nowhere. Problem. Yeah, I know it's not, but he's nowhere near his level. Uh, so I'm not going to be jumping all over it, going ah, he's back on it. He needs to be fighting Tony Harrison. That's what he needs to be doing. Tony Harrison did a job on him, and therefore <clears> that rematch needs to be made. I know Harrison's injured. With Harrison his ankle. pulled out with an ankle injury. Yeah, so I know what the fuck's Charlo? So well. they say to Charlo with, th- with a couple of weeks to go. Mm. Harrison's pulled out. Shit himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, seems to... he's beaten him once. 
Done him once. Shits himself. Shits himself. It was just a bad night for Charlo, I'm telling you. So they go, what we're going to do is we're going to bring in a tough Mexican southpaw mm. that's uh, only lost three times in 30-odd starts. That'll give you rounds. And he's gone, okay, put him in. Yeah. And he's absolutely put him a kip in the third round. Put him a kip is the exact statement as well. The one-two finish after off, when he's got up after the first knockdown. He's unreal. Good night, Vienna. Yeah, it was. It was good. Did you see Rigondo's uh, finish as well? Nah, it bores me. Mate, that left hook was beautiful. It bores me, though, this Rigondo. I've, I've lost patience with him, mm. especially after the quit thing. I was disappointed with um, the referee stoppage. You know my opinion on stoppages. Mm. And I thought the referee stopped there. That seizure a little bit too early. You Don't like get see, me wrong. You like to see blood. Rigondo caught him with a fucking sweet left hook. But that seizure was up was up uh, back on his feet within the count of three or four. Mm. And if you watch the replay, the referee is standing... So, the referee waves him forward. But the guy's... He's standing closer than you are to me. He's less than a pace away. So the guy takes half a pace because otherwise if he took a full pace, he'd, he'd have his face in the referee's face. He's mm. that close to him. And the referee just seems to wave it off. And he was like, oh, yeah, it was the way he stepped forward. I'm like, there was no way for him to fucking step. The referee was right on top of him. Mm. So I was disappointed with that. But listen, at the end of the day, Rigondo scored, did something that we're not used to Rigondo doing. And that's getting a spectacular knockout finish, TKO finish. So he's not done yet, Rigondo. He's the, he's the, he's the, he's the guy nobody wants in any weight division because he's so talented and he does pack a punch, yet he doesn't at all pick up on the fucking, you know, the old uh, fan spectrum. Hmm. He doesn't sell tickets, he doesn't put bums on seats, he doesn't sell pay-per-views, and yet he's capable of beating anybody on his day. Hmm. I just remembered something, by the way, from the York Hall. Um, Tunde was in uh, in there, weren't he? Was he, yeah? Tunde and the Anthony- main man, was he walking around with like a big set of gold bollocks hanging down? Well, Tunde and Anthony Yard were in, right? And I'm having a bit of a chat. they should have got a fucking stand innovation. Well, avoided. I don't know whether he turned me down or he turned me down because I was with Boatsy, right? So mm-hmm. Boatsy was sat next to me and we're doing a little bit of a chat for the radio. Boatsy, I love, this is the, this is why I love Boatsy. So I said, Anthony Yard's in. He goes, go and get him. And I'm going, class. Josh, you're just a fucking, you're just a dream, mate. You're just an absolute dream. So I'm like to my producer, go on, go and get him because he wants to fucking have it. Yep. Brilliant stuff. Sends him off. And Tunde allegedly stopped it from happening so he's not doing any media today but he could see that it were either me <laughs> who's been saying whatever I've been saying yeah. bigging him up recently obviously Sunday um, and uh, sat next to Josh so I don't know whether he wanted that conversation at that particular point but what I'm led to believe uh, by the way regarding the Kovalev fight I, I, think it, I think if it was just you though I think all the more reason for Sunday to go go and have a word with him because he was saying you fucking would never take the Kovalev fight yeah, yeah, yeah. make sure you mention on here you said I wouldn't take the fight. He should have put it on you. He should have done. Hey, Kovalev. And I'd have shit my pants. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but regarding that, um, <clears throat> it is supposed to be back on now. I, fe- I felt a little bit for him because I had a chat with Frank Warren whilst I was out in Vegas and it was all a fuck up from the Russian organisers yeah. who promised him four million uh, quid. It, they didn't have four million quid to pay him. It all fell through. They were going back and forth regarding purse bids and various things like that. And I'm led to believe that it is supposed to be back on in Russia in September. Wait, but if the guys didn't have the money then, why would they have the money now? Don't know. I don't, I don't know. Right, but that's what I've, I've been uh, led to believe. Anyway, re, uh, regarding that, do you want another tale from Vegas? By the way, yeah, man. You want me a Gordon Ramsay tale? I seen you. I seen oh, your footage of him in his restaurant. Ramsay, we're mates now. You and Gordon. If we ever go out to Vegas, me and you, don't you worry. Really? We'll get looked after. Lobster, you name it. There's no way you paid for that meal. No, I didn't. <laughs> Frank did. <laughs> <laughs> what happened was right. 
You're supposed to be an independent journalist, Adam. You're not supposed to take meals no. from promoters. Well, fucking fine. It's you're, not, you're, not a, you're not a WBC representative or I a am. WBO I am. representative. You, listen, I don't take brown envelopes. I take food. You just put it my way. <laughs> what happened was, when I was doing the interview with Frank, yeah. he got Ben, who looks after Frank, his right-hand man, mm-hmm. gets a phone call. Frank, it's Gordon, right? He wanted a ringside seat for the fight. Mm-hmm. So Frank... Being the salesman that he is, sharp as a tack, he goes, I'll tell you what, we'll sort him out ringside, no problem whatsoever. We'll give him some top seats next to Shaquille O'Neal. There's another story coming a little bit later on. As long as he sorts us out at his restaurant tonight. So Gordon says, it's a six-month waiting list, but don't you worry, I'll get it sorted. <laughs> Table for 20. Fucking Hell's Kitchen across from Caesar's Palace. Yep. The lads are all sorted. Gordon turns up. Didn't think he was turning up. Wow. So Gordon turns up to the restaurant. He said, right, don't order any starters. I'll bring everything out for you, all right? We'll, we'll sort everything out. All you're going to do is order your mains. So I'm thinking, I'm not fucking paying. I'll have one of them tomahawk steaks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll sort the desserts out. So Gordon clears off then. Comes back later on. How was it? Fantastic. Greatest. Honestly, it was brilliant. Anybody that's been there will know that it's fantastic Was it that food. good? Like? It was really, really good. I'm not okay. bullshitting. It was tremendous. Trust me, I filled my boots. Lobster, steaks, you name it. Nice. I was safe fucking eat, eating like a king. Frank then goes around the room, introducing him to various members of that uh, the British media that were on that table and he comes over to where I was and I was sat with a couple of the BT kids right so he introduces Jasmine our mate from mm-hmm. BT who's yeah. like basically she organises everything yeah. uh, Gordon comes over and introduces himself to uh, to Jasmine Jasmine then introduces me right and he goes uh, talk sport and I went yes and he goes you fuckers can drink can't you <laughs> and I went well not us fuckers, but there's some people on TalkSport that have a reputation for being able to drink. And he goes, think yourself a bit of a big boy, do you? All right, give me a minute. Right? And he sent this fucking girl off. She comes back, and again, it's on my social media. This drink was on fire, right? It comes back. It was literally half a pint of whiskey, mate. This cocktail thing. It goes, go on, big boy. Let's see what you're all about. (laughs) Everybody's looking at me. So obviously I get stuck into it. I woke up the morning after, mate. I was still pissed. I I wasn't hung over. But I saw him at the fight the night after, didn't I? To do a little bit, like, what's your, what's your fight predictions? By the way, Ramsey called it absolutely to the T. Nailed it. He said, Fury's looking unbelievable. It's going to be explosive. He's taking this kid out in, inside three rounds. And I'm like, well, right. one, Gordon. So anyway, when the filming stopped of that particular moment when he's doing his prediction, he goes, still pissed? <laughs> went, Mate, honestly, I don't know where I am at this moment. So he goes, Fucking proper tackle that, innit? <laughs> and then he cleared off to go and watch his uh, watch the fight. What a geezer. So there you go. If we're if we're back out in Vegas, happy days. I'll I'll let uh, Gordon Graham up and we'll get ourselves out there. All fight disciples welcome. Love it. For a little bit of uh, a whiskey chaser. What did you make of his debut? The old uh, Tyson Fury. The Las Vegas debut that The is. Las Vegas debut. I thought it was absolutely sensational from start to finish. Couldn't go any from better. The could moment it? he touched down in America to doing all the chat shows, to doing the ring walk, to being backstage doing the prayer, and then having a Muslim prayer all with his team, which was released afterwards. He just gets it. He's in that big black cloak, he knew exactly what he was doing, and then bang, here we go. The full Apollo Creed. It's absolutely sensational, man. That's what you do. If you're in America, that's what you do. You embrace that shit. Look at Molly McCann. We'll talk about it on our UFC show. Yeah, absolutely. She fights in South Carolina. What you do? You go to press day in a fucking Carolina t-shirt. You embrace it. You embrace it or you don't go over there and go, I'm I'm, I'm an Englishman in New York or whatever it is. You, you go over there and you embrace them. You you be part of that American culture and you you jump right in with it. And that's exactly what he did. And we had Bob. We spoke to Bob Adam before we both went away. And Bob Adam was like, the Americans are taken to him. If they were taken to him before, imagine where he is now. 
He is the uncategorically the fucking A-side of boxing, not just the heavyweight division. Yeah. Tyson Fury is the man. When they made the Schwartz fight, I said on here, there are, what, what, why does he need more exposure? He's just been involved in the most viral moment in, the, in, in boxing ever when he rose from the dead in the 12th round against Wilder. Why does he need more exposure? I just I didn't get it. When I went over to America, I got it. Yeah. Because we went to the Khan fight, right? Mm-hmm. And nobody knew it was happening. No. In New York. Nobody knew it was happening. All one, my, of the guy, one of the guys wasn't even doing media. Fucking Terence Crawford in the main event wasn't even doing any media. All the, During AJ week, all the lads that I normally go to those fights with that were in America were saying, yeah, we're getting taxis. Nobody knew it was happening. Nobody knew it was going on. I went to Vegas, mate. Every motherfucker knew that Tyson Fury was in town. He was on every single billboard outside the MGM. He was in every hotel. It was everywhere. Yeah. Every television channel. I'm, I even went to the gym one morning randomly. Got some, gets Got lost. The, yeah, gets in the treadmill. He's on fucking ESPN. He's there on the TV. You're getting taxis. What are you in uh, Vegas for? Are you here for a show? No, I'm here for the fight. Ah, oh, the Gypsy King. Chatting to me about that. Croupiers at the bloody tables. What are you in Vegas for? I'm here for the fight. Oh, fucking Tyson Fury. Everybody knew that he was in town. Yeah. It was mad. And it was at that moment I'm thinking, ESPN's a fucking machine. Mm-hmm. Bob Arum and Top Rank, they know exactly what they're doing. Yep. Everybody knows who this dude is. No, all right. The opponent's a knockover opponent, right? He's an undefeated knockover opponent, but it, it proved that in the ring. It didn't matter. This was about an announcement. This is about the Gypsy King is in town. Exactly. Now, the plan from speaking to Bob and top rank officials out there, is that they're going to go and do one on the East Coast now. It's like after 50 years at the very top, Bob actually knows what he's doing. Oh, mate. <laughs> I know I've thrown shade, but he Bob Adam knows what he's doing. 87-year-old dude knows kind of what he's doing, right? I think he looks after Muhammad Ali once. <laughs> anyway, the plan is to go and do one on the East Coast in New York in order to open that market up and then come back for Wilder at the back end of the next year. But I've just got a funny feeling. The, he, now he's done that. The MGM group. They will not let right. him go. Well, I've got a he feeling. He will be in Vegas for the rest of his career. I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling that we're going to get Wilder Tonight's Fury 2. a good night. No, I've, I've got a feeling that we're going to get Wilder Fury 2 this year. And I think we're going to get it in Vegas this year. I don't think he's going to have another interim. That talk of Wilder doing OTs, OTs. next, I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to get Wilder Fury next. Yeah, but <clears throat> that said, though, doesn't that give... Let's, let's put Bob Adams' experience head on our shoulders here. Doesn't... Wilder fighting Ortiz and coming through against Ortiz and another fucking amazing, as as he does, viral moments. Doesn't that make Fury 2 even bigger, though? That's Wilder playing yeah, his part. 100%. It does. Because you get Fury at ringside. You get Fury around fight week fight week yeah, you're right. as well. That would build it up oh, even 100%. more to next year. 100%. But I've, and that's what Bob was saying all week. He genuinely believes that this could do pay-per-view in the States the types of numbers that Mayweather Pacquiao did. Compared to 300,000 that it did in the first fight, mm-hmm. the exposure that Fury's getting now, he reckons he can build it with another interim fight to the point of... Was Fury pay-per-view last week in yeah. America? Yeah, it, it was, was on ESPN. Yeah, it was ESPN Plus, yeah. Right, okay. Their streaming channel, yeah. Mm. But I've just got a... F- Listen, nobody's told me this. I've just got a feeling that the momentum of what he did, I think they're going to try and capitalise on it because he looked mustard, didn't he? Oh, he was sensational. But then do it again. Pull someone else in. They can only do it one more time, though. Yeah, I, I agree. But they can certainly do it again. Go back to Vegas, end of the year, or even... I'd be surprised if they go to New York, just because fighters get such a... Vegas gets onto the fact that... He's made for Vegas. It's, exactly. He's made for it. The superstar... There's a reason why Floyd Mayweather only fought in Vegas. Because he generates so much money mm. for that city. 
hundred million dollars. Now Tyson Fury's doing that and did that. Now I'm watching it. I'm in Spain. I'm watching it. I'm thinking, I've fucking got to be at the next one. Yeah. I've got to. And I reckon every other fight fan's the same, not just from the UK, but worldwide going, he's a fucking superstar, him. You've got Bob Adams saying he's the best thing since in the heavyweight division since Muhammad Ali. Mate, honestly, I, I think he go I think he will spend the rest of his career fighting in Las Vegas. It's gonna be very hard to get Tyson Fury out of there because they will go, What do you want? Jarrell Miller How much money do you want? Jarrell Miller we're uh, knocking about. Listen, I'm not happy with Jarrell Miller's bullshit at the moment and the fact that everyone's still talking about him. And Boxing News, I seen my mate Tris commented on it the other day. Why are Boxing News doing big fucking features on Jarrell Miller? The guy's a drug cheat. He's a piece of shit. I don't want him in the sport. Stop giving him. I don't want him to get the Tyson Fury fight. I don't want him involved. He's a fucking horrible cheating twat. Throw him out. I don't want him. There's other names out there. There's a million other fellas that Tyson Fury can fight. Mm. I don't want him to fight Jarrell Miller. I really don't. Because what happens if Jarrell Miller wins? I don't want that piece of shit in this sport. Because he's a cheat, an out-and-out cheat, and he could have killed someone. That's what you get with Fight Disciples if you've uh, exactly. only just uh, <clears throat> come across us. No sitting on the fence. Exactly. Fuck him off. Just on the whole heavyweight scenario at this moment in time, the, the elite boys at the top end, the boys that are holding the belts, I have not had one conversation with Americans, with Brits at the weekend, about the AJ Ruiz rematch. Nope. Where someone has told me that AJ is going to win. Not one. With people that are working in the industry, with fighters, with people that I regard as quite knowledgeable cats, not one of them has told me that they think AJ is going to win the rematch. That's mad. Isn't mental. It? it is mental. Was there a buzz about it in Vegas? Were people talking about it much or even in your no. call at the weekend? Um, yeah, only because I was pushing the narrative of, of wanting to speak about what's the situation with AJ. Because we were speaking to Eddie and Eddie reckons it's going to be either the last week of November, first week of December that they're going to do this rematch. But this is another thing is as well. Is it going to be Madison Square Garden? That seems to be yeah. the common ground now. Because yeah. he wants it on the, East, on the West Coast. Obviously, Team AJ want it in the UK. So you'd, see, you'd, you'd feel that common ground will be New York, a return to MSG. Yeah, well, I think AJ's pushing New MSG, York. Well, he wants it back. Yeah, the, the, this is the thing. And again, Eddie's not said this to me, but you pick up on people's body language. You pick up on pe- what people say. We've been doing this for long enough to understand and read between lines of stuff. I don't think Eddie wants to do it. No. I don't think he wants to do it. I think... He's Ed- got no fucking choice, though. He's got no fucking choice. But I think AJ is driving this narrative, or his team and the people around him are saying, let's just get back in there, get them belts back, and then we'll move on to X, Y, and Z next year. Li- listening to what Eddie was speaking to me about on the radio show at the weekend, he's probably 70-30 against doing this fight next. He knows full well that, let's go and get some confidence back, let's go and do a couple of knockovers, and then we'll get back in the mix at, at, at some point next year. Nobody I've spoken to, mate, has said that AJ is going to categorically win the rematch. No. And I'm like that. I'm sat there going, this is dangerous as fuck. Because Ruiz is just going to do the exact same thing. Exact same thing. Except he'll be fitter and better prepared. I think it's madness. Absolute madness to take this fight. And we've also now <clears throat> got a full situation. But he's got him. They've, got no, they've got no option. They've got no option. Of course they have. Just don't do it. Two years out. You're two years away then. You're treading water for two years. Because if he comes back and obliterates somebody else, Ruiz goes and loses the belt to probably anyone decent at the top. Yeah. You know, I think Dillian White beats him. I think Fury obviously beats him. Usyk beats him. Usyk beats him. Um, and, you know, and Usyk's now, WBO have, have said, yeah. He's the manager. You're following our rules. You are the manager. It's unfortunate for Dillian White, but those are the WBO well, rules. Well, I'll tell you what'll happen, right? I'll tell you what'll happen with that situation. I think that they will rematch November, December. We'll get the exact same result 
Ruiz will beat Anthony Joshua, wherever it is. But I think they want to do it at Madison Square Garden, which I think is absolutely stupid, right? So they'll do that. <clears throat> the WBO will call the mandatory of Usyk. I don't think Al Heyman will let Ruiz fight. No chance. He will vacate that belt. Yeah. And Usyk will fight for a vacated belt, maybe even against Dillian White. Don't, don't forget, the WBO is the lesser of the four yeah. world title belts. They will bin it. I'm telling you now, they'll bin that belt. It'll yeah. go to... Traditionally, traditionally, the WBO was supported by British promoters and British fighters. Yeah. And they held it to such a higher claim during the Eubank years and everything and then it, that it kind of muscled in yeah. on, the, on the traditional big three. But the, in the American market, it's the big three and the WBO. It's slightly a step down. So they won't feel they won't think anything about throwing that WBO belt in the bin. Definitely not. Mm. If they listen, PBC have hold all the cards now. You know, they've got every world title belt is under Al Heyman. He's got them all. So Josh Team Joshua, Matchroom have got to AJ's gotta fight Ruiz. There's no there's no other option out there. It's not like they can go, uh, hey, He's injured, AJ's injured, so we're going to bring Usyk in. Or AJ's injured, we're going to bring Dillian White in. Because PBC just go, well, that's not that's not the contract. The contract is a rematch with AJ. We'll do that. If you're not doing that, we'll go and fight Deontay Wilder for all the belts. Yeah. And let Deontay be the king. And oh. then everyone has to go to Al Heyman with the beg and bowl then, including Bob Adam, including uh, Eddie Hearn at Matchroom. Mm. Because, listen, we've all seen what a mandatory contendership does in the heavyweight division. It means absolutely fuck all. Yep. Dillian White's been mandatory for WBC for almost three years. It means for absolutely fuck all. They've got to fight Andy Ruiz next. They've got no other option. And that's a problem. Because we are being led to believe, and I still maintain we're being lied to, but we're being led to believe that AJ had no issues on the night. Hmm. I hope for AJ, because I'm an AJ fan. We're both AJ massive. fans, of course we are. Mate, the we're Brit- massive AJ fans. as British media people, we, we need him to, to win. Exactly. Need him we're to win. We're desperate for him to win. The problem is, every time I watch that fight back, it's like watching a car crash. Yeah. From start to finish, it's a car crash. And I just hope they can psychologically rebuild him. Now, for me, it's a problem going back to MSG. Yeah. It's a problem having the same ring walk. It's a problem having, you know, okay, a walk out Fighting the same dude. Fighting the same dude, the same environment, the same hotels, the same dressing room. And if the pressure That's was too a major much last time, problem. think of it this time. Exactly. If you don't win this, you're finished. You're, evidently, you're finished as a contender because after this, you, you're you so far removed from being the A-side. I don't care how many tickets you're selling Cardiff. You're so far removed from being the A-side because the problem with Anthony Joshua now is... Five fans want him to win. We all want him to win. Where's where's all the fucking, you know, the only way is extra crowd? Are they still around? Are they fuck? Are they still wanting to buy tickets for AJ now he's lost? I bet his phone doesn't ring the way it used to anymore. I bet he doesn't get the text messages and the slaps on the back he used to get anymore mm. now that he's lost. <clears throat> that's how fickle <clears throat> fans are. I, I, it, it's a major gamble, but it's a gamble he's got no option but to take. And then, <clears throat> as you just alluded to a moment or two ago, Usyk's now the WBO heavyweight manager. I just want to clear something up because I, I kind of have got to the stage now with social media and Twitter where I just stick stuff out there to see how people react and how people... Uh, how Because... Fishing. <coughs> yeah. Go fishing. All right, I'll go fishing for stuff. So I stuck a couple of things out. One on my own personal and one on Fight Disciples yesterday regarding the uh, the Usyk situation. Yeah, because we knew it was coming. And obviously dropping Dillian White's name into that yeah, mix yeah. just to see if there's any outrage out there. Now, if you've been listening to Fight Disciples... Since Usyk was fighting Tony Bellew in particular, we told you, once he'd beaten Bellew, he's going up. And with him being the, uh, the super champion, the WBO rules state that 
if you're moving up from a particular weight category, you automatically can activate a clause that makes you mandatory in the weight category that you're moving into. Usyk being the cruiserweight champion, moving up to heavyweight would become the number one with the uh, WBO in the heavyweight division. That's why we went crazy in April when Dillian White turned down the opportunity to fight Anthony Joshua. Mm. He had that opportunity to fight for three belts, five million quid, and I just couldn't figure it out because the WBC have shot on him. Let's not let's not hide it. Yep. They have shot on him. He has been the number one with the WBC since that hilarious fight in 2017. Now, in, in that period of time, the WBC have called Dominic Brazil, who's the number four in the WBC yep. as their mandatory challenger. We've just seen what happened to him. He got blown away within a round. We, they've also sanctioned the fight, the rematch between uh, Tyson Fury and Dillian White. Now, I'm not throwing shade on that because I want to see that fight. But the number one in the division, in their sanctioning body, has been overlooked for the best part of, like you've just said two minutes ago, two years. Absolutely crackers that he's not been given an opportunity to fight for the WBC belt. That is a thing on its own. People will tell me, well, he were often an eliminator with Luis Ortiz. He's the number one in the division. Why does he need to fight an eliminator for the WBC belt? Mm -hmm. He's he's paid his sanctioning fees. He's got himself into a situation. He's the number one contender. He should have been the manager challenger. He should have been called by now to fight Wilder. That's the WBC thing to the side. All right? Now, he has been given other opportunities to fight for other belts. He was given an uh, eliminator option to fight Pulev, wasn't he, for the IBF belt? Um, A final eliminator to go on to maybe fight AJ when AJ was the IBF champion. He turned that down. The splits weren't right. He was fighting abroad. You can kind of think to yourself, well, okay, maybe. He's never really pursued the IBF route. He's always been WBC. So you can kind of understand why he would not go down that route. He was offered in April, AJ, for the WBA, the IBF and the WBO belts. Knowing full well that Usyk was coming to heavyweight that would, and he would take over that mandatory challenge yep. in the WBO uh, sanctioning body. For him to turn that down now, you said this three weeks ago, he must be absolutely kicking himself. Thinking, I could be the unified heavyweight champion of the world right now. I could be the A-side. I could be the man right now. Yep. Now, I'm telling you, that didn't come from Eddie Hearn, so people will throw in shade on Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn offered him the fight. Eddie Hearn sat down and said, right, we want you to fight AJ at Wembley, April 13th. It's five million quid three uh, and the three belts on the line. Do you fancy it? Someone in his team, Dillian White's team, has sat him down and said, hey, just hold your horses a minute here. And they took a gamble. That gamble has backfired backfired because he ain't getting a shot at the WBC anytime soon. He ain't getting a shot at the WBO anytime soon. And he's fighting Oscar Rivas, who's a fucking animal. He could absolutely blow the whole thing out the water in July, mate. Another saying it could be, it hasn't been confirmed, but they're hoping it will be for the WBC interim belt. What's the point? What's the point of that? What's the point? Why why would it be for the WBC interim belt when the WBC champion is active? active? What's the fucking point? I don't understand why the, the... Eddie's come out and saying, yeah, but don't worry, it's going to be for the WBC interim belt. What's the fuck, What's the point in that? Makes, it makes no odds whether he's the interim champion, the WBC silver champion, diamond, the diamond champion. The pearl necklace champion. It doesn't fucking matter. It still doesn't mean he's not going to get a shot at the title, especially when the world champion has plotted out his next two fights. Yeah. I, I just don't get it at all. I just don't get it. I, I, and I, I'll be honest, I don't get why Dillian is comfortable being in the position he's in. Because he's playing second fiddle now to a guy who's just lost all the belts. I'm convinced that Dillian would set those fights, right? I'm just... He needs to have a look at the team around him and think, are you guys advising me right here? Because he's got himself into a wonderful, wonderful position and it was there. Take the chance. Now you've got it. Go and take him. Because given the performance we've just seen at Madison Square Garden, Dillian White will be heavyweight champion right now. Someone's told him not to take that fight. 
and their need booting out the team. Yep. I'm telling you now, mate. Um, Usyk, by the way, could be the unified heavyweight champion if it all goes his way by uh, March next year. Yeah, that's mad, isn't it? Mate, it's after what Andy Ruiz has just done, anything could happen in this heavyweight division. Mm. It just makes Usyk's arrival at heavyweight so much more highly anticipated because he potentially. He's the best out of a lot of them. It's just whether he can handle the size of some of the big boys, that's all. Yeah, correct. Um, a little bit of other news that I've been uh, privy to. Josh Waddington. Do you want to know, know who he's fighting next? Super Josh. Yes, come on, here we go. Here we go. Get your tickets, get your passports out, boys. We're on our way. The White Rose Army. World title unification. Yes. Uh, come on, I'm, listen. I'm, I'm Team Josh Waddington, son. Yeah. Bring, bring whatever you want at me. All right, here it is. Whoever you want. Here it is. Leo Santa Cruz. Yes! That's the one I wanted. That's the one I wanted. There you go. That's what I've been privy to, which kind of opens then the door as well for Frampton Valdez. That opens that door. Fuck yeah. And then it's like two semi-finals. They bring it together. Because there's narratives all over the place there. Oh, these featherweights getting me gooch tingling. Absolutely <laughs> tremendous. You know what? I, I've, I've spoken out before, didn't I? I said in the past, I want Valdez last. If I'm Team Josh Warrington, I want Valdez last. Now, don't get me wrong. Santa if, Cruz if is you're a right, fight, mate. If you're right, holy shit, I've never wanted Carl Frampton to win more because Frampton, Warrington too, Unification. all the belts would be fucking sensational. Well, they'd miss the WBC because Russell Jr.'s got oh, the WBC, sorry, yeah, yeah. He? yeah, but we, he only fights once a year. Yeah, exactly. So, listen, I, I said the other week he was the best featherweight on the planet. He's gone again now because yeah. we won't see him for another 11 now months. Now it's Josh Warrington again, So, is it? I've gone back to Josh Warrington again now, yeah. There you go, mate. Um, I'm led to believe as well uh, that Callum Smith has now received an offer from uh, Billy Joe Saunders' team uh, for them two to have a little bit of uh, a unification. Great fight. But as we've said again... Won't happen. <laughs> it makes no point. It just won't happen. All right. Politically, it just uh, won't happen. Loma Campbell. It's a bit of a mess, this. We thought it was nailed on for uh, the O2, August 31st, and it still could be. Yeah. Again, speaking to the top-ranked guys over in America last week... They want to do this in the UK. Got a hotel room booked and everything. 100%. They want to do this in the UK. They want to get it absolutely nailed on. The problem, the sticking point from my understanding with them is broadcasting, right? Obviously, DAZN want a bit of Lomachenko on their channel. Of course. ESPN ain't letting that shit happen over in the United States of America. So that's where the sticking point is at the moment in time. The venue wasn't the problem. Coming to England isn't the problem whatsoever. However... The first bid was supposed to be Friday, delayed. The first bid's now been pushed back to this Wednesday. So whenever you listen to this, it's Wednesday of this week it's supposed to be. Speaking to Eddie at the weekend, they are extremely close, really, really close. It's the broadcasting situation that is the problem. So Eddie with, with Luke obviously wants it on Sky and The Zone in America. Yeah. And Top Rank obviously want to appease their deal with Frank Warren, put it on BT Sports and have go. it on ESPN America. There you go. Now, I'm led to believe that if, Bob, if it goes to purse bids and Bob wins the purse bids, it will happen in the UK. Great. Right? If Eddie wins it, because he'll win it with DAZN money... DAZN will want it in the US. It goes to America. Fuck you, DAZN. God damn it! There Come you. on, Big Bob! There you go. Get Big Bob. Get your, co- get your coin well, out there. Let's all hope that Big Bob wins Pierce bids there. Yeah. And because ju- I want it in the UK. Just on other... Uh, on, on Bob Fighters, mm-hmm. Terence Crawford, who was at the fight at the weekend, we had a little bit of a chinwag, good to see Bud. Yep. Or Tub, as we like to Tub. call him on this show. I've got a funny feeling. Was he know? talking outside of fight camp, outside of fight yeah, week? Was he actually chatting yeah, away all right? Yeah, he's good, Craig. You ready? Oh, God, you, you ready for this? Yeah. I've got a feeling that Kel Brook's going to get that fight. Well, he has got to. Who, who else is Tub going to fight? Who? Tub. Listen, right? 
the way that this is all set up, we now know that Errol Spence is fighting Sean Porter. Yeah. That unification. PBC fighters are keeping it all in-house. Yeah. All even though, in. even though Errol Spence was chasing, or Errol Spence's team were talking about maybe doing the Crawford fight because Fox Sports, who were broadcasting that show over in the States, said that Errol Spence, Sean Porter, was not pay-per-view worthy. That's what they told PBC. It is now a pay-per-view fight because Spence kicked off, said that he personally is a pay-per-view fighter. Just the And that the other fight that PBC have organised between Thurman and Pacquiao, that is also a, pay- uh, a pay-per-view fight. So Spence was throwing his toys out the pram. Anyway, it's somehow, through Al Herman, managed to get rectified. So we've now got two pay-per-view fights. One with Spence versus Porter. We've now got Pacquiao versus Thurman. You would think that the winners of those fights would meet each other to unify Absolutely. further belts. Yep. So Crawford's out of this loop for six to 12, well, six to nine months, you'd think, wouldn't you? At least. So he has to have a knock with somebody. Me phone's ready, baby. I'm ready to go. Give me a shout. There were lots to talk about me retiring. I ain't retiring yet. Me and Bud Crawford, we are going at it. Chocolate brownies are in the oven. I'm sprinkling some sugar. Let's do it, Bobby. That's the problem with that is it's not pay-per-view, is it? No, it's not. It's not pay-per-view. You know, Khan's pay-per-view. But uh, but Kel Brooks... Yeah, but he needs to fight someone. He can't just sit on his ass. He needs to fight someone. I know. It's just disappointing for Terence Crawford because I think Terence Crawford's the best welterweight out there. Agreed. But that's what I mean. So Al Heyman's not going to give him a free shot at one of his boys, is he? No. Disappointing. Mm. But he's got to, as you say, he's got to fight. The only thing I was thinking of was that he might might just do a, a Canelo and pop up to Super Welter just to win a belt there and come back down straight away. Have a little look around the super yeah, welterweight division. He's a, he's a lightweight at, he at welter at the moment, isn't he? Absolutely. But we've seen what he did to Khan. You'd have to have a look at the, and see who the super welter world champions are to see whether he would have... Well, that's in a mess at the moment because obviously Hurd's just lost well, his course. belts. Exactly. Um, Charlo lost his. It's all open, mate. It's all open up there. Yeah. Well, the rematch is on, isn't it, after Charlo's performance? Mm. That'll still happen. And obviously the other Charlo is up at... Uh, middleweight now who mm. fights this weekend mm-hmm. but you obviously in, in your call on Friday so you missed the fight of the year oh the Stephen Ward fight holy smoke a you potato have not, you have not seen it let... shit the bed was it unreal it was fucking tremendous hats off to MTK man you know Lee and you know, MTK puts on some cracking little shows and they don't really get the attention they probably deserve because they're only streamed on YouTube or whatever else there's Obviously, another one this week actually O'Hara Davis is on one isn't it that's right yeah yeah but they're actually on ESPN Plus in America they're getting good good airtime yeah, yeah, yeah. in the US on, on the streaming channel but Stephen Ward versus Liam Conroy was absolutely fucking tremendous it's available now on YouTube if you go on YouTube if you go on to MTK's channels they've just put it up and gone we, we can't hide this from the world you need to watch this shit it's fucking tremendous. They knock seven kinds of shite out of one each other, one, each other, one another uh, before Ward obviously got the, uh, the decision after eight rounds because of the cut. It was fucking brilliant. Now, if you think Fitzgerald Fowler was a, a fight of the year contender or you know, yeah, some yeah. of the other belters that we've seen, I'm telling you now, yeah. Ward Conroy is number one contender for British fight of the year. Hats off, MTK. What a fucking fight it was. Right, I'll get on that. It's get on brilliant. that this afternoon. Speaking of which, O'Hara Davis is in action uh, this weekend. Miguel Vasquez, uh, former world title uh, challenger, is his man that is fighting him at the Your Call again. So if you've got a ticket for that, you're in for an absolute cracking atmosphere. But O'Hara Davis, he's on MTK. I think that is a YouTube ESPN Plus job, isn't it? It is, yeah. A couple yeah. of people on the undercard as well to keep an eye out for. I 
will be watching that, but I will be paying more attention to what happens with Comey versus Beltran. Richard Comey, the IBF champ is back. That's right. Um, and the reason why I'm paying attention to that is because it affects me old mates here, female. Well, you just it. need a, what we need is yeah. a clear cut winner. We don't want a controversial points winner. We don't want a controversial stoppage. It we don't want be. any need Come for any kind in. of a rematch. Come he'll win. I think he will win. He should win impressively. Mm. But I'm just saying to keep our tier female gravy train rolling. Yeah. We need Commie to win decisively. Don't you worry. Richard will do the business. And then obviously in a couple of weeks, tier female will do his business against Nakatani. And we'll set that up for uh, October time. We'll get ourselves over to New York for a little bit of a nausea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Superb stuff. Uh, and then on Saturday night, you've just mentioned the other Charlo's fighting. Um, he's taking on Brandon Adams for the interim WBC middleweight championship, which is a little bit weird, isn't it? Because, uh, as you've just said, uh, the middleweight WBC champion is actually active. Yep. Um, but Jamel Charlo is obviously the interim champion, so he's in there doing that thing. Showtime, isn't it? They love a, they love a title belt they do. at the top of the bill. Uh, Andrade's taking on Selecki uh, for the WBO middleweight championship. And Cal Yafai is, uh, as is Joe Parker on the undercard there, uh, making his matchroom debut. Uh, Joe Parker against Alex Lee Pai. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's your fights uh, this weekend. Shane, there's nothing going on uh, UK best. Um, Other apart, than the MTK show? Apart from the MTK show on Friday, Friday night. But, yeah. you know, it is what it is. That's where we are at this moment in time. It's going to be a busy busy week or two, I think, with some big fight news coming out, hopefully. Mm. I'm back now, aren't I? So oh, right. the wheels can go back in motion. Is that it? You can grease it up now, can you? Back now. Back. Selling your gear? How's your, how's your shop going? Oh, yeah. Apologies to anyone that's ordered their gear uh, inside the last fortnight. Obviously, I just fucked off on Aldi and left your orders. Yeah. So I'll, I'll get to them today. So any, anyone that's ordered anything in the last two weeks... Um, expect delivery uh, before the end of this week. That's a promise. I'll get up to the post office tomorrow. But we're fucking pretty, basically all out of medium and large hoodies and shit like that. So I need to do a bit of a stock check as well and put some more orders in. But the our socks are flying. But because people want it. Comfy listen, as fuck, aren't they? They're cracking, aren't they? Yeah. They, they? Listen, spare no expense. I said these are spare no expense socks. Proper socks, then. They're proper socks. Mm. So should have seen me by the pool in Spain and me. We socks, socks on. I'm always on brand. You know me. <laughs> Tan lines on your feet, mate. Did you shave them? <laughs> no, I haven't shaved them because Rob Beckett. Yeah, didn't he? Yeah. Rob Beckett, the comedian's a mad fight disciple, and he'd messaged us, didn't he, saying, "You're going to be in New York. Tell Nick, please don't shave his feet." Yes. So now I'm adamant I'm not shaving my feet until I see Rob. Okay. So honestly, I've got fucking Bob Marley toes at the moment. I could, I could, I could fucking braid them and everything. You know, I've got proper, proper hairy toes. So we need to hook up with Rob Beckett soon, otherwise I won't be able to get my shoes on. <laughs> like hobbit feet. Feet like Frodo Baggins here, Rob. Give us a shout, mate. Get yourself up to the studio, pal. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for listening to us. It's been an absolute pleasure. If this is the first time you've ever come across us, please subscribe uh, via iTunes. Uh, you can get uh, your Android feeds on our website, fightdisciples.com, and go to our YouTube channel for all videos uh, when we're interviewing various people from the fight sports world. You can get us on social media, at Fight Disciples Facebook and Twitter, and it's at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. Please subscribe there, all right? We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.